Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normie Avasca Scales, at your disposal. So it has been stated, as noted on my episode page, you can tell a lot about a person based upon the decisions they make under pressure. Well, welcome back for yet another invigorating episode, ladies and gentlemen. I'd just like to include that the prior year, 2018, has unquestionably yielded its it unquestionably yielded its lion's share of feats, upgrades, trials, and adversities for me personally. I just want to just to take my hat off for a moment just to expose even more of the human side of me. Um, for those of you who know me, my brother should be coming on the line. Norman Scales Jr. will be joining us this evening. But for those of you who know me most, um, you know uh, that I'm no stranger to adversity. I definitely... From the outside looking in, people make the assumption that everything is always copacetic, that I have no worries ever. I have there no, I'm completely unscathed. Nothing could be further from the truth, actually. Um, I definitely, definitely have had my share of feats and trials amid the years, but in particular within the past year, 2018, as I referenced just a moment ago. Okay. So, needless to say, Last year, I weathered the storm, and I fortunately overcame. I overcame or victored, yet it was no cakewalk by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, the second volume of my poetry compilation, thank you for joining us, Norman. I see you're on the line. But the second volume of my poetry compilation was inspired precisely by that, meaning the events, the course of events that unfolded at the commencement of last year's groundbreaking it was a, quite a, a pivotal year for me. I've had my share of them, but yesterday clearly took the lead, took precedent. So Norman Scales and I, Norman Scales Jr., pardon me, and I are poised to dialogue on the subject. You know, he was on the previous episode. Yet beforehand, I'd like to render a summation of the aforementioned trials coupled with an integrity scenario. Okay. The beginning of the year, I'm going to try to sum this up um, to the best of my ability, because as you know, well, no, I'm a woman of many words. I started out just blissfully, breathtakingly beautiful, okay? And all of a sudden, adversity out of sheer thin air reared its abominable head, okay? In the form of a, a torrential flood, not a weather-related flood, but a, a flood within the property that I resided at before. Through that event, that that series of events within that first quarter alone, 
yielded a cluster of subsequent events. My relationship at the time, which was over a year ago, had been, had been tried within the relationship by virtue of political affiliation. I could not let my conscience allow me to continue with that particular individual because of some political discord that we had. Unfortunately, that party was not, you know, failed or should I say was dishonest or lied by omission about their political affiliation. Have they told me this? I'm not a fan. I'm not a, I'm sorry, as you all well know, I'm not a number five, number 45 supporter, you know, so that pretty much led to the disintegration of that relationship. But even within that relationship, I've been tried externally by a third party that eclipsed out of nowhere. Again, out of sheer thin air, ether, I would say, and tested my relationship from the outside. Now, fortunately, I was able to sustain that integrity, as those of you who all well know me, and I was able to defy the outside party and basically not taking them up on their offer to interfere with my, with, at the time, my standing relationship. This is the mold that I'm carved from. This is the stock, pardon me, that I'm carved from, myself and my brother. So within, then I made the decision within that same, within a one week period to step away or to bow out gracefully from my standing relationship, not on account of the third party who I'd defied, turned around, negated, you know, rejected, for lack of a better word, but because of my conscience just wouldn't allow me to, to continue. You know, I, there were trials, pre, re, pre-residential trials prior to that pertaining to the flood. And I had trials proceeding, re, you know, reoccupying that residence because my son and I, we had to evacuate and move out for a couple months. We were displaced in a hotel. Many of you, some of you know that, people that know me most, and some of you may not. So, yes, life is not always as graceful as it seems in my regard, even though it may appear to be. Okay, but again, I weathered the storms, and boy, did I have my series of trials to such a degree that I nearly, nearly had broken. You know, I've had my share of breakdowns during that during that uh, period, but by the grace of God, and I do give my higher power, God, the favor. You know, from a spiritual perspective, not a holy ruler's perspective, but I give Him that reverence. So then you fast forward to the end of the year, we had something similar. I had another hmm, water-related issue to transpire in the the same residence. Had my share of trials then, my faith tested. My faith, you know, just these, you know, but fortunately, fortunately, it had not, you know, I I did not allow it to be shaken because I did not allow my my soul to to be sold. It was not... It was not up for grabs. It was not to be purchased by the adversary. And we know from a spiritual perspective who that is. Now, apart from that integrity on the flip side, I'd like to make a brief reference to a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends. Her name is Shanae Hankerson. From the outside, um, she's very easy to misjudge and to misconstrue. I've had the pleasure of having her on the air previously. But she has scored my, my friendship. In fact, I told her at the time, I might not be your best friend at this juncture, but you're, you've clearly, clearly have scored, you know, scored your title as, as, as a best friend in my mind's eye. 
since then, you know, some course of events have transpired, and I, in time, made it onto her best friend list. But this young lady, this lady was unwavering and, and trying to find my son and I. This was 2015, 2016, 15, pardon me. She and I was lost in the woods, literally, looking for the property that we were going to celebrate my birthday at in September. And, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't find the place. Now, normally, like I said, I have a very good sense of direction, but I was off, I was off culture that particular September, that particular time. So rather contrary to what most people would have done, she didn't throw in the towel and she didn't give up on me and say, oh, well, you know, just text me when you arrive. I want to say there was up to maybe about two hours that she invested until we finally had found one another. So as you can see, ladies and gentlemen, in my book, someone of that, of that, uh, of that magnitude, of, of that stature, they clearly score my loyalty. Loyalty which is notated on my episode page. It's something that I'm very, very privy to, and it's something that I practice. Once you've scored it, there's no unwavering in it. So without further ado, I was going to read a, a brief poem. Actually, you know, I would like to read um, one of my, poet, my poetic renditions here to render that. And this was synonymous with the episode that I, I referred to at the commencement of 2018, which inspired the second volume of my chapbook, which is in the making. The title has been selected, but under wraps. However, the title of the, of the poem, which I've read to you before, is Dual Capacity, Sea of Bewilderment. And it reads, haunting visions plague the depths of her consciousness, swollen, embedded, comprised of retrograde images of liquid cascading, gliding, flowing down demure melanated skin hydrating her parched spirit induced by the campaign of foe, fallen rain, permeating through every orifice in her pristine abode, thy body and thy temple, disrupting the zen by virtue of the din of rapid waters campaigning against a petrified foundation, pummeling the oak, bearing the scaffold of vulnerability to visible, prevalent, and unseen antagonists, obstructed by naked, unclothed eyes, rather dank, soiled windows, portals to unscathed souls, until knights, noble men striding in on scarlet horses, stallions, capes trailing, whisking in subarctic winds, seize the distressed damsel from her opulent turn abruptly fluid quarters. Alongside she, herself pouring into the sea of bewilderment, engulfing her, she, groping, grasping, scrambling, gasping for sparse air, a hair above the surface, defying the cognitive dissonance staking its claim, unearthing, beckoned restitution. And without further ado, I'd like to bring on Norman Scales, Jr. Welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Norman. How are you this evening? Hey, hey. I am hey, hey, hey. good. Hey, hey, how's it going? All is well, all is well. Looking, looking forward to this dialogue on this topic, the aforementioned topic of, in, the topic of integrity and adversity, how they correlate. Okay. Oh yeah. So I, mm-hmm. so I know um, I didn't want to um, prolong the episode any further. I really wanted to dive into the nucleus, but beforehand, if you like, I'd like for you to get to give you the opportunity to reintroduce yourself, if you like, 
to our new okay. listeners that may be tuned <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm Norman Scales, of course, the brother of uh, Mia, and I am currently in the education uh, realm. I work as an academic advisor in the city college system here in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I also operate, I own and operate two clothing lines with my wife. Um, one is for tall women, a high-end clothing brand for tall women called Model Atelier. And the second is a brand that was actually born out of um, a passion for youth. So a portion of all of our proceeds from that brand, which focuses primarily on T-shirts and hoodies, joggers, leggings, that sort of thing, a portion of all of those proceeds goes back towards our educational initiatives. Okay, all right. And when I say he wears, he's a man of, of many hats, but he's maintaining and sustaining them all. He does it. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. Must be that skill. <laughs> I try. Yeah, that's a scale. So I'm going to go ahead and and I wanted to dive into the dialogue now. I know we had the opportunity to talk offline, but synonymous with the subject, what would you say is one character, true care, true character, is revealed? Would you say it's under the thumb of adversity, at the peak of or, or at one's peak or optimal or a combination of the two? So I've always said that uh, for a lot of people, uh, they are as faithful as their options. And that that goes into multiple areas when I say that. So, for example, if you are in a relationship and you've never been in a situation to be um, unfaithful, it's really Mm -hmm. hard to say whether or not you are a cheater. Um, because you've never actually been in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that can go further into other topics for someone to say, Hey, you know, I can't, I'm not a, I'm not a a killer. I'm not a liar or I'm not this or I'm not that. You really don't know if that's who you are unless you have the opportunity to um, place yourself in in a situation to do that. So if you say, Hey, I'm not a liar. Well, if, if you were, placed in a situation where you had to decide between um, saying this lie or something serious happening to yourself or somebody else or whatever the scenario may be, uh, as you mentioned, adversity is the, mm-hmm. the ultimate test. It's hard to say, you know, what you are until it's been tested. And I think I gave an example of uh, if a person said, hey, you know, I I'm a scientist, and I came up with the, the strongest metal known to man, and I pretty much just blended uh, different variations of strong metals. And because of those blends of strong metals, uh, this metal has to be, because of all of its characteristics, it has to be the strongest metal known to man. It's like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so have you given it a strength test? It's like, no, I haven't given it a strength test, but it's made of the strongest metals known to man. Like well, I mean, but you still have to test it to see if it will hold up against the the weight of you know a strength test or the weight yeah. of you know whatever other circumstance could come for. Okay. Well, I get it. I get it, and this is very relevant to 
the conversation that I, that I uh, referred to yesterday that I had with our, our eldest, eldest sister's lady, I'm sorry, pardon me, eldest sister, ladies and gentlemen, Crystal. And she and I had spoken on precisely that. So the fact that you and I had a chance to dialogue at random today and that subject came up, it came up by virtue of the story that you shared to me that made headlines, which I welcome you to speak upon, to share as well. But yeah, you, so basically that old saying comes to mind, you really don't know until you get there. Well, I've been there in a multitude of regards. And in fact, I wanted to pose a couple of questions on that regard. So ladies and gentlemen, what do you do uh, when you receive, like I said, when you're propositioned by that insatiable, breathtaking man or woman, and you're in a standing relationship, as I was. It doesn't matter what you know whether or not the relationship was faltering or not. That's irrelevant. When you're in a relationship, you're in one. Okay. And for those of, that know me most, I'm no double dipper. Okay. I don't straddle the fence. When I'm in a relationship, I'm either all in or I'm not. If I see that, that the relationship is not uh, materializing, if we're if we're not vibing, I have no qualms about being transparent and politely and dis- and respectfully conveying to my significant other, okay, you know, I think we've had a good run. Maybe we need to do some reevaluating. That's where the transparency right. comes into play. But I, I follow the saying, especially within the relationship realm, the romantic relationship realm, um, that old saying, what, do, what, what you don't know doesn't hurt them, I don't buy that. I don't subscribe to that, no. If you won't, if you wouldn't do it, in the face of that other person in their presence, then chances are you shouldn't be doing it behind their back. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I digress, Norman. I'm going to turn it back over to you. <laughs> yeah. So and I was that, going to ask that, you that question. Oh. You know, pardon me. I was going to pose that question. Is a person as faithful, faithful as their options? Which you've answered. But go ahead. Right, 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 right. So, and the reason I say that is because and it's don't get me wrong it's not to say that you know that's not saying that everyone is unfaithful but what i'm mm-hmm. i am saying is you don't know if that person what kind of a character a person has until they're put mm-hmm. in a situation to talk, to show something otherwise so uh you can't say hey this person is the 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 most trust person i've ever met until that person has been put in a situation where they can benefit from being untrust, untrusting or or uh, any other situation where you can see something like that being relevant. But um, yeah, you mentioned something about the headlines that um, we spoke about earlier. And I know on our last conversation we had, we talked a lot about economics and, you know, um, people, African-American people specifically, not necessarily being willing and open and, um, it being their first choice to invest back into their own communities. And uh, I heard about the the tragedy with uh, the rapper Nipsey Hussle in L.A. or uh, in California, and I was a little disappointed in the fact that I hadn't heard more about the work that he was doing prior mm-hmm. to his death. I don't yes. keep up as much, you know, with, you know, current rap, the current rap industry right now. Um, you know, I have a few favorites that I listen to, but I don't really 
you know, keep up too much with the the new guys in the industry. And Nipsey was fairly, fairly new. Uh, thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I guess it kind of goes even further that when a tragedy happened or something negative happened, and there's a flood of social media and a flood of uh, various forms of media around that person talking about all of the good that they've done in their lives. Mm-hmm. When we didn't get that same flood of information when they were actually doing the good, when they were actually performing these things. And I was like, and I was kind of, you know, Shocked. Well, not really shocked, but I was kind of, I guess the best word I can say was disappointed that I didn't know about this until after the man had been taken away. I had no knowledge of that. Yeah, and he he even, uh, so I started doing, I started diving into kind of research on him and, you know, it's information about him and Dr. Sebi, which is probably another conversation. Him doing, wanting to do a documentary about Dr. Sebi. And then I even uh, ended up watching some some of his videos talking about his beliefs. And one of the things he talked about was uh, some people being in starvation mode. And mm-hmm. what he meant was he what he said was he understands when people don't necessarily want to hear a lot of the stuff that you know some of us have to say regarding you know living better and and having a more positive impact, they're pretty much just trying to eat. They're trying to get theirs. And I've seen it myself where I hear people say, hey, man, I'm not trying to hear all of that. You know, I'm just trying to get paid. And it's ironic because that could very well possibly be one of the situations that happened. I mean, even if it's not I'm just trying to get paid, it's, hey, you know, I'm just trying to get my credibility or I'm just, trying to keep it real or you know you in starvation mode so you either you're you're reaching and 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 searching for finances or you're searching for um companionship or you're searching for uh a feeling of being wanted and uh and you know research has been done on a lot of people that are in games that's what they have a feeling of they want that feeling of of uh being wanted being a part of a group or part of a family so if you're knowing that the way to be a part of this family is to do certain things, then that's what you do. If you know that a way to get money is to do certain things, then that's what you do. And he even stated that he understood that. But once he got to a certain point where he was out of this starvation mode, then he was able to change his perspective and his way of thinking. And I think that that goes even further into our community when it comes to economics because he said when he did get out of that starvation mode that he wanted to go back into the same community he had and reinvest mm-hmm. in that community. And he spoke to this, and he actually walked walked the walk. So he reinvested in his, into his community with things, every everything from from incubation centers, uh, business incubator hubs, to um, the store, his very own clothing store, which was actually the store that he had uh, in the hood that he got shot in front of that he was killed in front of. And um, I follow another uh, uh, prominent person who's who's really into activism, Aaron Maben, who's a a former uh, football player. He actually left football early in his career 
to pursue his mm-hmm. activism and his art. So he's an artist now. But he was really touched by this situation because he said he can really relate to it in that he also has a passion to uplift this community and not be the guy that uh, when he got on, he left. So he also works community, reinvesting directly in his community. But then he even stated, like, man, maybe do I need to reconsider what I'm doing if the very Mm -hmm. people that I'm trying to help could possibly take me out? Now, I'm not saying whether or not people in in, in, in his hood actually committed Mm -hmm. this act or not, that part is still being investigated. But what I'm saying is this is something that happened. We do see famous people or people that made it, so to speak, throwing up the air quotes, made it going back to their old communities and Mm -hmm. either being uh, robbed, uh, being Mm -hmm. taken advantage of in other ways. Um, I mean, who knows? But when you do go back and sometimes when you're treated like that, you know, it will push some people away. And and the question is, how do you oh. combat that? Well, I know like, I know where you get. Go ahead. I did. I just yeah, want to be able to that. How do you combat that? That's a very good question. I was going to ask. You know, prior to you mentioning that, I know we just have a few minutes left in the episode. Mm-hmm. What do you think is what? What do you think? Well, that's a, that's relevant to the question I was going to ask. The final question, which is, what is it? What are the constituents? for a sound, to have that sound level of integrity, since we're speaking upon integrity and adverse, and as it relates to adversity. Basically, what I alluded to with Crystal yesterday, and I'm going to try to be brief because I know we've got a couple minutes left before we're closing out here. But I, what I shared with her is it's not necessarily the quantity of time in which you're getting to know a person. One hour, she said two years. I said, no, I give, I give you one better. You get to know someone the fastest when they're under that thumb of adversity, when they're undergoing those trials, when they're under the gun, when they're at the near, nearly at their breakdown, at their breaking point. Okay. I just wanted to get that in edgewise, but go ahead. I know we've got a couple minutes left. Yeah, and I completely, I agree. I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, you, you really, really get to know who people are when they're in that, uh, in that mode, you know, so to speak, in that mode where, you know, it's survival mode. You're in mm-hmm. survival mode. Um, yeah. I think that's actually what he, what, he, what he called it, survival mode. When you're in that survival mode, uh, it's kind of hard to, it's not the easiest thing to keep keep your integrity. Yeah. And some people don't, don't even think about integrity when they're in that survival mode. They don't want to consider that type of stuff until they they're completely out of the situation they're in. So um, mm-hmm. I think even what Nipsey Hussle said was the key to to being able to reevaluate that is, is figuring out a way to work people out of that mode. And the best way to work people out of that mode, as he mentioned, was not dumping money into the hood, but trying to figure out ways to economically empower them to do it on their own, you know, teaching them to fish, you know, giving them the rod, not just teaching now them to fish, you. but giving them the rod. Because, you know, a lot of people can give, be given the education, but unless you mm-hmm. have the resources along with the, edu- the knowledge, 
uh, it's, it's not a lot you can do with it. And that's, that's actually what he was um, trying to do and what he was doing. That's what he was mm-hmm. doing. And I think that's something that should be continued. Um, you know, now me learning on, on the, the person that he had become, you know, it kind of, mm-hmm. in, in my own way, you know, I feel like uh, we all should strive to do something similar to what he was trying to do and what he was, you know, on the brink of doing. Um, I think we all have a a, a duty to, to do that. I agree. And you know what? It actually, hold that thought because that's also relevant to the conversation yesterday. I'd like to really, really delve into that further offline and actually potentially have another episode on that very topic. Mm-hmm. Stand by just a brief moment. I'd like to thank my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, coupled with my counterpart, Norman Scales, Jr., for carving out the time and energy to support this radio movement and endeavor to support this movement, this platform, coupled with all of you spanning and speckling listeners spanning the globe. Your efforts have not gone unnoticed, so I can implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales signing off. Thank you.